Good morning. Welcome to the table of the Lord. As we gather at this moment in our worship service, gather our hearts and minds and consider this God who we worship with all of our beings, who gave his one and only son because of how much he loves us, cares for us, and wants what's best for us. As we think about the ways that the Holy Spirit is present within us and and within our community, I am filled with a sense of overwhelming gratefulness and thankfulness that we have been called, according to his purpose, to be in this place, to be a community of people who gather not only around his throne, but gather around his grace, his goodness, his love. And as we gather around, we find that just as Moses found when he spent time with God, that we're changed that we're transformed, that we are turned into people of love and grace. And that's especially true on a day like today when we're considering a a time in our lives, a season of change. So many of us in this church family, even if we're not of school age, we still live our lives kind of according to the school calendar. And for those of us who don't, January becomes that time where we consider what does it mean to start over, to be a new person, But for for those of us who still very much have lives that are captured in the the school year rhythm, we find that that this time of the year is filled with possibilities, with moments where we consider what kind of teacher, what kind of administrator, what kind of student, what kind of parent we're going to be this year. And I always think about, you know, my my very first day of school that I can remember, my, my parents tried to convince me that I had picked the wrong outfit for the very first day of school. I wore that my first day of kindergarten. I apparently liked it enough I wore it around Christmas as well. I even had a briefcase instead of a backpack. What is wrong with my parents? We all have pictures of the first day of school, right? Keith this week uh, shared one of his pictures. He doesn't look nearly as bad as I did. He could use some work, but not nearly as bad as as I did. I think that's Cal Ripken on his T-shirt there when the Orioles were good. Uh, and, And you have thoughts like this. We've got another picture just for kicks. Just based on that that jersey. You wouldn't guess that the school mascot was the, the Yellow Jackets. I, I don't know what happened there. I guess somebody thought that Yellow Jackets are burnt orange sometimes. How long was your career, Stephen? Your basketball career? Not very long? All the way through high school? Okay, well, we're not going to play one-on-one then later. So, <laughs> we, we all have these, these memories, right? These pictures in our hearts of, of starting over. Of, of looking back at the past and thinking through, okay, who are we going to be? And, and at a time like this, we want to reach for things we can rely on because we don't, as we think about who we've been and, and who we're becoming, we don't want to just become anybody. We, as people of faith, want to, to become more and more like Jesus. And, and we want to base our lives on the promises of God. So if you got your Bible, open up to Isaiah 43. We're going to read briefly from the words of the prophet. 
verses 1 through 3, and then we're going to jump to verses 16 through 19. It says, but now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. And this is what the Lord says. He who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters, who drew out the chariots and the horses, the army and the reinforcements together, forget the former things. Don't dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Right, these words from God's chosen messenger Isaiah, they highlight two things that I quickly want to touch on. The first, and this is one of the core promises throughout Scripture, is that God is with you. Right? God is with you every single day, every place you go, through every challenge you have to face. This happens over and over in Scripture when the promise of God is, I will be with you. It's never accompanied by the promise that everything is going to go smoothly and easily for you because I'm with you. No, the promise is when you come to the waters, when you're afraid of the rivers, when you have to face a fire, I will carry you through. I will make a path for you. You will not be consumed by the flames. God never promises us that everything is going to go smooth. All of us have hopes for this new school year. All of us have hopes for, for all of the things that, that we want to see happen. And all of us have fears about those things. God promises he's going to be with us no matter what. And he also promises us that there will be challenges. There's going to be water and rivers and flames. There's going to be difficult moments. There's going to be failure. There's going to be mistakes that are made. There's going to be times when you try your hardest and it just doesn't work out. And in those moments when we're tempted to believe that God has somehow failed in one of his promises to us, we need to remind ourselves the promise isn't that everything goes smoothly. The promise is that everywhere we go, God is with us, beside us, holding us together, holding us up, helping us understand who we're meant to be. The second idea that I want us to think about from the words we just read is that God has this amazing ability where he wants, he wants to help us let go of the darkness in our past and take hold of a brighter future. All of us have had difficult times in our lives before, and when we get ready to do it again, right, when we get ready to start over again, we're certain that the darkness in the past is going to stay with us. That if it happened once, it's automatically going to happen in the future. That if I made that mistake once, I have to make it again. But God says, no, don't dwell on the things of the past. And he's referring to the story of the Exodus, which is actually filled with moments of darkness and fear, but also these amazing times and experiences where God shows up when they least expect it to rescue them and deliver them. And he says to them, don't, don't obsess about whether I was doing exactly what you wanted me to do or not, or if I rescued in the way that you would have chosen or not. Don't, don't be consumed with all of those, those fears that you have from the past. Whatever it is that's haunting you, let it go, because I'm doing a new thing, and I want to do something new in your life. 
In other words, God doesn't want us just to talk over and over about what used to happen and how he used to work and what he used to do for us. He wants us to live lives filled with expectation that there wasn't just one exodus, but it happens over and over again. We need to let the darkness of the past go. We need to stop holding on to nostalgia of the past when we thought it was, it was great. We need to believe that because of God, truly, our best experiences are out in front of us. That's important to remember at the start of a new school year. When I went to first grade, I didn't wear the, the three-piece sky blue suit. Uh, but I ended up having a teacher who was really struggling. And in first grade, I wasn't old enough to understand what all was going on in her life. All I knew is that she yelled a lot at us, and she yelled so much at us that she made kids cry, and she would pull, if you made a mistake, she'd pull you in front of the class and mock you and shame you. And it happened enough, and enough kids talked to their parents enough that, that my mother said they had a meeting, and they talked with the, the school administrator. And you can imagine all the stress and anxiety in that school over all of that, and eventually she had to be removed, and we got a new substitute teacher. And it took us a long time as a class to get over how things had been for the first couple months. We expected to be yelled at. We expected to be humiliated if we made a mistake. We expected to, to hate school. But the, the, the leadership of that school found a woman who had the patience to undo all the darkness that had happened for the first couple months and we learned to love school again before first grade was over. All of us have things that have happened to us, sometimes at school, where we just think this is how it's going to be forever. And God says, no, don't dwell on the past. Forget those things. I'm doing a new thing. Do you believe it? As we get ready to, to take communion together, I guess the most simple thing that I want on our hearts for ourselves, for our children, if you work at a school especially. I want you to, to know this, that as we pray and we talk about school and God's presence there, and sometimes it, I don't think we mean for it to sound this way, but we almost talk as if God won't come into our schools unless we invite him. God's already in our schools. God's already in our schools. Uh, and so we don't take God with us when we go to school. God takes us with him. Right? He's there. And he's there so often in, in people, in, in faces and names, like that substitute teacher who came in in first grade and undid all of that darkness for us. She rescued us. She helped us. And I believe, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that God was using her to do that. If, if you're somebody who's ever worked in a school and now you don't, Right? If you're retired or you change careers, if, if you were a teacher, a coach, a librarian, a, an aide, if, if you no longer work in a school but you worked in a school in the past, I want you to stand up, please. We want to recognize you as somebody who helped God and God's presence be something that kids experienced. That's the opportunity we have to not just talk like this or, or explain it this way, but to help children experience the reality that in a world that sometimes seems like it's completely lost its mind, that God really is with us and wants to make us new.
And most of the time, God does that through somebody having the courage or the patience or the imagination to start a conversation with us, to make a commitment to us, to help us learn and grow and develop. This is who God is to us, and it's who God is calling us to be. And as we gather around his table now, as we, as we take the bread, I want us to be thinking, what is it in our lives, as we think about this semester and the next one, what, what is it that makes us have fear or anxiety or worry? Nate, can you bring that slide up for us? What, what is it that, that you're carrying in your heart this morning that's just making you feel unsettled? Because here's what I believe. All of us have fear, and as people of faith, we need to bring that fear to God and give it to him, entrust it to him, and believe that he will carry us through. But too often in our culture, especially grown-ups, don't ever say the words, I'm afraid. What is it that you have this morning that you need to bring to the table and leave here, trusting that God will help in the ways that only God can? Let's pray. God, as we take the bread, as we think about the, the broken body of your son, as we think about this time of the year where we're, we're having this opportunity to consider who we are, who we've been, who we want to be, God, we pray that we would bring our fears to you, that you would, in, its, in, in the place of our fear, God, that you would bring courage, that you would bring peace that passes understanding. God, as we take this broken body that represents Jesus' sacrifice, we also know that it proclaims the fact that though he died, he rose again. That the things that broke him no longer have the power to break us because of you and because of your resurrection power. And so, God, we pray that that power would be alive in us. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. When I, uh, I first came to ACU as a freshman, I called it Welcome Week back then. I think it's called Wildcat Week now. It sounds more exciting, I guess. And um, one of the things we did was we went to, to a church for dinner one night. And so my, my group went to Mentor Lane. The preacher at the time there was named Tony Ash. He had written several books. Uh, he was a well-known professor at ACU. But I was coming from California. I was 17 years old. I was really not sure about having moved from the San Francisco Bay Area to here and didn't, didn't just, I just was feeling all those things you feel when you pick up and move that far. So we're, we're having dinner and Tony is sitting across from me at a table and he starts asking me questions like you do about my family and he says, so tell me about your dad. His name's Lewis Robinson. And before I can say anything else about him, he goes, he's a preacher? And I said, yeah. He goes, I've never heard of him. And I said, well, I've never heard of you. <laughs> Which said more about me than Tony, uh, that I had never heard of him. He had a twinkle in his eye, and he said, it's going to be okay, son. It's going to be okay. Uh, and every time I saw him on campus, he said, I'd, he would whisper, I've never heard of you. <laughs> We need moments like that when we're feeling overwhelmed. We need moments that can give us just a, a ray of hope in the midst of our fear. And so as we take the bread, uh, sorry, the cup, we're not going backwards, I promise. 
As we take the cup together, I want you to think about what is it, what are those moments before that God has been faithful? What gives you hope? What are you looking forward to? What makes you feel excited? We all have expectations, and we, and we want to believe that, that God is the one who knows our hearts and will give us the desires of our hearts when they line up with his will, when they line up with his desires. So as we take the cup together, think about that and bring those hopes with you in your heart to God. Ask, God says, speak to me, reveal your heart to me, and I will be faithful. Let's pray. God, as we, as we take the fruit of the vine together that represents the lifeblood of your son, it's the lifeblood of our hope. And so we pray that you would help us in the midst of all the questions we have, in the midst of all the things we don't know about the next several months and what they hold. We know that you're there, that you will be there walking beside us, and that gives us great reason for hope. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. As we continue our time gathered as a family around the Lord's table, it's a place we not only receive, but it's a place that we're asked to give. Um, and so this is, this is an opportunity we have every week to be more like Jesus in a very simple and yet sacrificial way. Would you pray with me? God, we thank you for the example, the, the self-giving love of your son. And we know that of all the different ways we can give, one of the most important when it comes to the things that have the power to rule our hearts is our finances. And so we pray in this moment that we would submit the financial blessings you've given us uh, and give those back to you in, in the ways, the best ways that we can, that we can imagine. God, we, we want to hold on to those things, not tightly but loosely, because we believe that you're entrusting all the things you bless us with. You're entrusting those things to us so that we can bless other people. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Okay, so in a moment, uh, we're going to participate together uh, in our back-to-school blessing prayer. Uh, as, as a church. Before we do that, I want to point out this, this insert that I want to thank Stephen Corbett uh, for hours of design time. Uh, there's a lot here. It looks really good. That's really hard to do. Uh, and so if you see him, thank him for all the work that he's done on this. On one side, you'll see, to the best of our ability, and we, I'm telling you, we tried our hardest this week to find every name of every person who works at a school in any way. Uh, whether that's uh, a, a traditional institution or homeschool or online or whatever. Um, all those names are on the front of this insert. And I want to I make a challenge to you as an individual or if you've, you've got other people in your home. I want to ask you specifically this week to pray over every name on this sheet of paper. Uh, if you've got the, the directory app, you, you even would have the opportunity to see the majority of them, uh, a picture of them and their family find a way to make sure that we don't just have good intentions to pray for our educators and our administrators, but that we do it, and that we do it in our home life. Um, so I want to I encourage you to do that. On the other side, we've got some additional recommendations of spiritual practices that you can do as a family. We, we know that this is a special day, but our mission as a church is to make everyday disciples, and we don't want this to just be a one-day thing. We want this to be every day. Uh, find ways for that to happen. So there's some, some practical advice for students and parents and families. And then, then we've got on the, the second half of that sheet specific ways to serve, 
to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And so we really want to encourage you, at least once this year, find a way to serve at a school campus in our community. And and specifically within our One Mile Mission, we really want to encourage you, if you can, to consider being a part of the Jackson Readers, which if you're a Jackson Reader and you've got your t-shirt on, if you stand up real quick, I just want people to see you. Uh, Patsy Watson, who leads this ministry, is out of town today, but if you've got any questions at all about what it's like to be a Jackson Reader, what it takes, please go to these folks with your questions. They'd be happy to let you know. Thank you very much uh, for what you're already doing. And then we've got a brand new opportunity that we're calling the Madison Fist Bump Crew. And I actually think, Stephen's got the t-shirt. Does anybody else? Can you stand up and model it? It's better than that, that basketball thing you were wearing. So, okay. So this is just an opportunity to go to school uh, early, right when the kids are coming in, and make a connection with them. And so if you have any interest in that, Janet Arduino, are you here today? Janet, is she here? She's not here? No, you, we would know if she was here. Okay, so <laughs> contact her, and she will get you hooked up, I promise. Stephen can also answer some basic questions about that as well. And then we've got a supply drive coming up. It's on the front of the bulletin. There's a lot of details there. Um, we're looking to help bless those, those teachers and, and the School of Madison. Uh, the, the target date for that is September 15th, and so just go ahead and look at what their needs are. We want to be serious about helping bless other people's lives in measurable ways because of Jesus. Okay, it's time. Uh, So what we're going to do is I'm going to, if you're an introvert or you don't like moving, you're about to not like me. (laughs) And if I can be honest, I'm one of those people, so I would not like me uh, in the next few moments. But this is what we're going to do. The first thing I need you to do is think about which title... Uh, and the following grouping best describes you. Okay, so the first one's pretty easy. Do you primarily right now in your life, are you a student? And we're talking about all ages, so pre-K through PhDs, right, and everyone in between. If, if you're still pursuing some kind of formal education, you're a student, and you're going to need that in a moment, okay? Uh, teachers, right, if, if you're some kind of educator of any kind, Um, We're using this term this morning to mean everybody who teaches in any way. So if you're a coach, a librarian, an aide, whatever. We're not trying in any way to leave anybody out. If you do that, just choose that group and you're going to need that in the moment, okay? Uh, The next are are staff, administrators, uh, people who help support all of the educating uh, that's going on, right? So if, if you work for a school in any way outside of teaching, You belong in this group. Um, Then finally, we've got parents. Now, what we mean by parents is anybody who's helping to raise a student. And we know that that there's some folks in our our room here that are not physical parents of people that they're guardians for, whether that's foster care, um, whether that's uh, grandparents helping out, whatever it is. If you are are still raising a student, and and if your husband or wife is getting a PhD, you may feel like you're still raising a student, but you just think through how how that's going, okay? And then finally, for everybody else in the room who says, I don't really fit cleanly in any one of those categories, well, that's okay because we're here as church family. And what I want you to do in a moment is think about which one of these four groups of people you most have on your heart this morning. Because in a moment, we're going to go to various places in this room. You especially are going to be irritated with me. uh, Because there's no zone in the balcony. You're going to have to come down. So uh, 
we're, we're going to be choosing the groups that we want to surround in prayer. Okay? So let's show the map, Nate. Okay. So, <laughs> you think I got issues? Okay, so, <laughs> in the middle, uh, in a moment, we're going to play a song. Let's not get chaotic just yet. Okay, so in a moment. If you're a student, I want you to try to gather here in the middle of the room. If you're an educator, a teacher, a coach, I want you to get on stage. Please don't bump anybody off. Um, You get on stage together. Okay. Uh, If you're staff, we want you to be over in this area of the room. Um, And then if you're parents, we want you to be over here. Okay. And again, if if you're saying, well, I don't really fit cleanly in any one of those categories, that's great because we need you to pick one of those groups Walk over to them, put your hand on a shoulder, hold a hand while we're praying, okay? We got it? Every, I want everybody out of their seats, okay? No non-participants. Let's go. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and start our prayer. And I, this has been very carefully planned. You're going to hear voices from all four of these groups praying, and they're going to be praying for someone who belongs to a different group. Because we want to be praying not only for ourselves, but we want to pray for one another. So I'll start the prayer. You'll hear from several people praying out loud. And then our shepherd, uh, Todd, is going to close the prayer. Okay? So this is going to feel very much, uh, as much as we could make it, like a prayer in a living room somewhere where various people are being able to pray for those in that room uh, in very specific ways. Okay? Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for this time of the year, and I thank you for the gift of church family where this isn't just something that happens, but it's something that we want to dedicate to you. And every person in this room cares about every other person here in this family. And we just pray as we we lift up this school year to you that you would listen to our hearts. Lord Jesus, who welcomed the children and held up their faith as an example, We ask you to bless these students, fill their schools with community and their hearts with wonder. Develop within them wisdom, integrity, and maturity as they learn and grow this year. May they remember that their worth is not measured by grades or determined by success or clothes or status, but by your love for them. And what a joy it is, Lord, to come to you on the behalf of the students. We ask you, God, to let these students be kind in your name, to let them work hard in your name. Let them laugh loud in your name. Let them swing high, run fast, discuss world problems, eat square pizza, read, write, solve fractions, and paint pictures in your name. When they are afraid, remind them that you hold their hands. When they, are in tr- when they are troubled, remind them that you have overcome the world. When they see injustice, we ask that you give them strength to do what is right, even if it's not easy. And remind them that we are their faith community and church family and are always here to support them. We pray, God, that the teachers who serve in our schools and at this church remember that teaching is not only a job, but a calling. It is simply not a skill but as a spiritual gift. I pray that our teachers see and feel the rewards of a job well done. Even when that doesn't always come with a big paycheck, public acknowledgement, or a heartfelt appreciation. 
We thank you, God, for the gift of teachers and for the commitment they make to us as their students. We ask you, God, to bless our teachers. When they feel unseen, remind them that no moment goes unnoticed, that they're shaping the future in a million small yet incredibly important ways every day. We thank you that these women and men teach our students how to learn, understand, and apply knowledge, as well as how to be kind to one another, encourage each other, and work together to solve problems. As they carry out this high calling, we ask you to give them focus and patience, creativity and compassion as they educate the students you've given them, and remind them that we, their faith community and church family, are always here to support them. Creator God, who brings order out of chaos, we pray that you will bless our school administrators and staff members with wisdom, integrity, a sense of humor, patience, and the physical and mental energy equal to their tasks. Bless them with a strong support from parents, teachers, and the community. So much of their job of helping a school run efficiently is unseen. So often, they serve without a sense of appreciation or attention. So that we ask you give them regular reminders of just how important their work is to the students, teachers, and communities they serve. God, we know that sometimes being a part of the staff or administration at a school can be a lonely and difficult job. Please send them encouragers who can strengthen and support them and assure them they're not alone. We know that often their workload is extremely demanding, preventing them from having quality family and personal time. Please refresh and re-energize them and give them the peace of mind to unplug from their work when they need to recharge. We know that sometimes it can feel like all their best efforts just aren't enough in the, place, in the face of such great needs. Please help them to experience your great love and affirmation, especially in their most difficult professional and personal times. And remind them that we their faith community and church family are always here to support them. Lord, we lift up to you all the parents and guardians here this morning. Please help them as they transition into the school year. Equip them to care for their children, to comfort their children, and to challenge their children. May your peace and love fill their hearts so that the normal fears of raising children will have no power over them. May you give them confidence in their ability to raise their children well and trust in your care to pick up where their efforts fall short. Remind them that you have never forgotten their children and you will never abandon them, but will be with them all the days of their lives, loving their children more deeply than we could ever imagine. So right now, we pray for divine strength over parents of kids in school. Father, they are dealing with mean kids, science projects that are due tomorrow, lost school uniforms, new ways of doing math, and tears in the drop-off line. But in their weakness, we trust that you will be their strength, that you can make them strong. Lord, bless these parents. Fill their homes with joy and their hearts with love. Give them energy, strength, discernment, and patience as they raise these children. And remind them that we, their faith community and church family, are always here to support them. And Father, we just pray that we can be more like your son each day of our life. Father, we pray that we can speak like him, listen like him, see like him, and especially, Father, teach like him. 
we are thankful for the opportunity that you give us to be more like him each day. And help us to take those opportunities serious as we start this new school year, as we go to our workplaces. And we just pray, Father, that you help us to be like him. In Jesus' name.